Hello and welcome back to Pastoral Parsha. I'm Hody Nemus, a third-year rabbinical student at YCT Rabbinical School. And I'm Michelle Friedman, Chair of Pastoral Counseling at YCT. In each episode of this podcast, we explore psychological insights gleaned from the Torah portion of the week. And we also share with our listeners concepts and techniques that are taught in the Pastoral Counseling Program at YCT, where we try to integrate Torah wisdom and contemporary understandings from modern psychology. This week, we're talking about the second Parsha in the book of Bereshit, Genesis, Parshat Noah. And our theme today is going to be the anxiety of climate crisis. So, Noah, the Parsha of Noah, is about a climate crisis. It's about the moment when God says, Kates Kolbasar Balefanai, the end of all flesh has come before me, and essentially says that because of the moral corruption of humanity, he's decided to start over. Uh, and now, the portion opens with Noah describes an Ish Sadiq, that he was a righteous man. And the question is, was he really a righteous man? He, he builds an ark, he takes his family aboard, and he, uh, he takes a lot of animals, he, he, and he saves a slice of life for the future. But we don't know if he warned his neighbors. There are midrashim that suggest that Noah did warn his fellow, uh, his fellow humans about what was coming. It's not clear in the text, uh, and I think you know, some of our evaluation of, of Noah rests on that. Uh, but there's a Midrash I do want to mention that I think sheds very interesting light on Noah's character and what he must have been feeling as he was facing down this, this crisis. He knew something that, uh, that no one else knew that was devastating, which was that a giant apocalypse was coming. And in Midrash Tanhuma on this Parsha, it records that Noah, who saw that a flood was coming to destroy the world, refused to marry on the ground that his offspring would perish. And finally, God actually orders him to take a wife so that after the flood, there might be people to repopulate the earth. So Noah didn't want to have children. Okay, and what we're going to do today is take this tremendous anxiety that we feel in the Noah Midrash about the consequences of the flood, of what's going to happen to the world, and come into the modern day where there is certainly among many people, there is a lot of anxiety about the climate crisis. And it really kind of an emotional tsunami for some people. How can we have hope? What can we do? A kind of hand-wringing, a paralysis in some communities. So what we're going to do is a role play where Hody is going to be the rabbi of a, let's say, a synagogue or a JCC, and I'm going to be the educational director. We're colleagues, and I'm talking with Hody about something that has, is coming up again and again in a basic Judaism class that we've been teaching for couples who are getting married. I've been a bit surprised by the past couple of classes, some of the issues that have been coming up. Uh, for quite a few, uh, quite a few of the couples. You know, I think I know what you're talking about. Do you? Yeah, yeah. I've been kind of. I mean, there's you know the usual issues about families getting along and who's going to do what in terms of gender roles, but the whole thing about having children 
has taken on a different valence in these groups. Yes, and not, that was not something that I saw. No, like, at all. should we have children at <laughs> all? But usually it's how do we raise the children? What are the sort of the when values? to have children. Schools. But now it's. Now it's should we have them at all? Because of. Because of climate change and, right. and sort of the, the broader ecological condition of the earth. I find myself feeling kind of really mixed about this. On the one hand, I'm saying, like, get over yourself. You know, Jewish. Peoples have faced many crises over the millennia and have had the courage and the faith to have children. And at the same time, I also feel like there is a reality of climate crisis that needs to be validated. And I know that validating concerns with, with reality, with data, can help limit people fantasizing on and on and kind of going to the outer limits of the worst case scenario. Their fear just sort of expands to fill the whole, to fill the whole room. And in fact, I think if they have a little bit of knowledge, uh, a little more knowledge than they have, uh, it can give them a sense of control. And at least I've seen that in the cases where I have sort of shared a little more about the uh, science of the climate. I think it's a good idea. I mean, it's certainly not something that's been traditionally part of our marriage preparation curriculum. <laughs> but I think what we want to do is help people mobilize their resilience in a positive, active way and go into their married future, hopefully, wanting to have families and uh, raise Jewish children. Is there a place for me to talk about, you know, halacha, Jewish values, or do you think this is really about sort of dealing with their anxiety as anxiety, uh, dealing with the science maybe, you know, what they can do? Should I be talking about religion? Rabbi, I think that the more we can integrate these the stronger it's going to be. I mean, we're trying to model for them that Judaism has what to say about all serious contemporary issues. That's true. From their relationship to uh, the, the climate around them. Okay, so now we're going to step out of the role play and we're going to talk some specifics about climate. And, you know, maybe the rabbi or the educational director or the whomever does know or doesn't know, but it's not hard to get some basic stats and knowledge together, which probably we is a good thing for uh, most of us to do. But Hody, you are knowledgeable, so tell us a little bit about what you've gleaned. It is dire. And I wonder, I feel that most anxiety that people feel, my sense is, is, is often about things that are unlikely to occur or blowing things out of proportion. Well, you know, what you're talking about is the difference between fear and anxiety. Anxiety is a kind of a general worry, and fear is usually used to a specific kind of topic. And that there is like, you know, the tiger jumping out of the woods, the house burning down, you're afraid, you got to get out of there. And climate can evoke both. Probably in a healthy, productive way, we want people to be mobilized by a certain amount of fear, some degree of anxiety, that this is a real thing, but we don't want people to be sort of paralyzed and feel that there is nothing that they can do, that it's just sort of hopeless, or to indulge in another kind of, I think, highly unproductive thinking, that somehow it's magically going to get better, that people have been smart before and somebody's going to invent something, it's going to dissolve all the plastic in the Pacific or <laughs> chomp away all the carbon footprint mm -hmm, or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. It's right. somehow this is going to be magically solved. And I think we've seen this kind of approach to major 
crises all throughout Jewish text and tradition. Something that comes to mind is really the difference between Noah, who is told to build an ark and to just get away from it, to pull up the gangplank, and another story that kind of has similar, some similar themes is that of Jonah, who interestingly, we just read that book on Yom Kippur, a very solemn day of contemplation and reflection. And Jonah wants to run away. Even though he, Jonah is told by God to save Nineveh, right? That's to save right. the people. So unlike Noah, he's, he's going to, uh, to tell them danger is coming. Yeah, right. He's told to go. He's, God tells Noah, get into that boat, pull up the gangplank, it, this is it. Whereas in Jonah, God tells Jonah, no, go save those people. Get yourself there. Jonah doesn't want to do it. And the end of the story is Jonah is there and God is telling Jonah a direct lesson. What? This plant that you're sitting under is more important? No, you've got to go and do it. This is really important. So we don't want to run away. We Maybe we're reluctant, kind of like Jonah is but we need to find solutions and do something productive. We're all getting on the boat to Tarshish, That's like right. Jonah, just about every day in That's my experience. Right. That's right. I want to return for a moment to the Midrash that Noah waited. He really waited several centuries, uh, if you read the text, before he had children. And we, we certainly don't have centuries, but many people are struggling with this question, should I have a child in, the, in an era of climate disaster? And I think there's two issues going on. One is... Uh, they're struggling with the idea of a child will add carbon footprint. The more people on the planet, the, the worse the climate crisis will be. And secondly, I think they're wondering perhaps about the morality or the kindness of bringing a child into a, a potentially dangerous world. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, Noah ultimately does have children, even knowing what he knows. He heeds perhaps that divine call to have children. And I think that there is an approach that would say to have children in the face of apocalypse is actually a great act of faith and a way of being a builder of arcs. Well, one thing that we can tell our listeners to pay attention to is that Yeshiva Chovei Torah is planning a climate conference for this coming summer, 2020. Our goal with this conference is to bring together diverse voices that include Torah wisdom, community activism, scientific knowledge, and specific personal practices, all of which can empower everybody who attends the conference to respond to the climate crisis. Shabbat Shalom.